You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. I think it's also worthwhile to think about if there was an archetype that you wanted to embody more of personally, which one is that? And think about that when you choose to spend your time somewhere. We often think of software as another form of technology. But what happens when that software is eliciting emotional responses? What happens when there are humans that you're engaging with within that software? You're listening to Flaunt Your Fire, the branding and visibility podcast where we own our values as we amplify our influence. I'm your host, India Jackson, and I am so excited to dig into this conversation today about our relationship with social media. I joke around about it all the time in many different ways. You may have even seen where I have (laughs) put an article up on LinkedIn called Stop Saying I Love You on the First LinkedIn Date, playing around with the idea that these social media platforms, you know, are kind of like a place to build relationships and exploring what those relationships are and what they're like. And I was chatting with Erica Corday, who will be joining me today, about re-listening to and having to put the intro and outro and all that jazz on my episodes with Jeff Harry, where we talked about really digging into uh, social media and dealing with assholes there and stuff like that. And something about the conversation that I had with Jeff really made me want to revisit this idea of relationships and the humanization aspect of our technology, of our social media platforms here with you today. So let's dig in. Thank you for joining me today, Erica. Hey, hey. Uh, I just... I feel like it's we've we've skirted around it in multiple ways on social and in email newsletters. This like playful relationship of like, what are we doing here? You know? <laughs> yeah. I, so the interesting thing is, is I feel like it's really common to have this thought of like, you know, what's your relationship with social media or how does social media affect you? And it feels like it's often very intellectualized or it's talked about in this way that it's not real enough for me. 
I feel like if we really thought about this a little bit differently, the way I think we're going to talk about today, I think it would add some additional context for people to be real with themselves about what this relationship really is and what it isn't, because it is a relationship. It is. And (laughs) I think in being able to put our minds into truly the different aspects of a relationship with a human in a playful and joking way (laughs) can actually allow you to see like what's really going on here in a bigger way than I think the clinical would your relationship with social media question could spark. Yes, Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So, I mean, Erica, uh, I've had you here many, many times. If you have not heard Erica here, like what rock have you been living under? Please, right. Please dig back into old episodes, please. Um, But for those of you that are tuning in for the first time today, I think it's important to reintroduce yourself and to talk a little bit about your background as a coach, because I think that's going to come into play in this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It is. So my name is Erica Corday. I am a diversity, equity, and inclusion coach and consultant. However, the coaching consultant piece is always going to be the leading piece because I like to take care of the whole human. And for me, diversity, equity, and inclusion are the lens through which I do all things. So that is a way that we maneuver through business, how it intersects with the way that we live our lives, our values, what matters to us, and the changes that we want to see in the world. And the coaching piece for me has absolutely been a way that I kind of can prompt people with some different questions. It has helped me to have some different context, not only for myself, but the way that I really pay attention to nuances and dynamics and noticing the kind of unnoticed or unsaid things. And that is absolutely going to show up today. (laughs) So with what you just shared there, I also think it's important to say If you don't know already, Erica's the other half of Pause on the Play, an amazing podcast. We have a beautiful brand that we've built, a wonderful community we've co-founded together. And I mean, you are the coaching piece of that because I totally will not say that I'm a coach by any means. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll raise my hand. I'm more of like the sarcastic, strategic friend on the side. Oh, I have the sarcasm too. I won't bring it to you when you pay me unless you, unless I need to when you really want me to. But it's there. Just know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you about yourself when you, when you come into a session. However, girl, what you doing? Sir, non-binary individual person, human, what you doing? Right. Well, Erica, I mean, I can't help but point out one of the things that you said is that coaching really has given you some tools to be able to ask people questions, maybe questions they would have never thought to ask themselves or uh, tweaking what might be the normal question into a new question that makes you say, damn. (laughs) Yes. And I can't hear you say that without asking you, like, what might be a better question than the cliche, what's your relationship with social media? I think everybody can think about people that they have known or that they currently know personally or, you know, some type of proximity to them 
that they can think about this person and bring up certain aspects of them, certain pieces of their personality, certain behaviors or habits and actions that they they tend to have. And they then know how they feel about them, how much they want to be around them, how much they want to be in conversation with them. Do you want to deal with this person at all? And I think if we shift, you know, what's your relationship with social media to? Well, if this particular social media platform, a certain name here, was a person that you knew or knew of, who would they be? Mm. I think you then have to be real about, well, they would be blah, blah, blah. And then you have to, to be honest about what that dynamic is, how it intersects with you, how it makes you feel. And I also want to put in there, when I say how it makes you feel, how it prompts you to feel within yourself. Because nobody, I don't believe that anyone makes you feel anyway. I believe that you choose to feel the way that you feel about what people present. However, the reality is, is that when people present certain things, they can prompt um, and, or elicit specific feelings within you. And so if this person brings up certain stuff, when they show up, do I want you around? Do I not want you around? Do I want you around more? I think if you think about it in context of, of an archetype of a human, that you, again, a real human, it, you have to be more real about it. And by real human, we mean like a person with a first and last name, not this archetype that you've made up in your mind. I a just friend, want to clarify that. Right. A friend, a family member, um, somebody you f- you follow on social media. I don't know. You have a celebrity that you're like, oh, my gosh, I just want to meet this person if that's what you need. Um, because some of us have become introverts and ain't really messing with people since the whole <laughs> pandemic. And so if that's what you need to do, by all means, I, boo, I'm not shaming you. So I'm going to give you that option as well. But I know in my head, I have full like mental picture of the family members and the friends that all social media represents for me. So this can be done. Well, I'm curious to know from you, if you had to think back to when you first joined a social media platform, what was that? Like, what was the first social media thing you were on? Ooh, I was about to say Facebook and I was like, that was, was not space. true. Yes. I was like, ooh. We all. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Digging in the crates. My gosh. Yes. I had to stop myself. I was like, I'm a lie. It's not Facebook. <laughs> oh, my space. Oh, okay. So did you act like, were you actually active on MySpace? I was, and I'll be honest. I, I used to actually like MySpace and I remember watching a specific episode of Family Guy that kind of wrecked it for me, but it was so true. I couldn't even be mad about it. And for anyone that's not familiar with Family Guy, one of the main characters, Dewey, he was like, yeah, because I use my MySpace page to show my individuality by putting up quotes and music that somebody else already made so that other people can talk about the same exact things to show how unique I am. And I'm paraphrasing, but I was like, oh, <laughs> that oh, was my face. <laughs> I was like, damn, that was accurate. And so it really was like a gut punch, but it was like, yeah. My individuality does not come from regurgitating what already exists. I was like, oh, I'm ashamed. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Leave it to Family Guy to make you think about something in a different way like that and also be able to laugh at yourself in the process. Right. And that was the thing. I didn't feel 
I didn't feel shamed in a way that felt like, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible human. I was like, oh, I'm ashamed. But that was really funny because it's accurate. And I never thought about it that way, but I will never look at it the same. Yeah. I wonder uh, when you think back on (laughs) the platform where you were being an individual by reposting other people's shit, (laughs) if you were to think of that as like a human relationship, Mm -hmm. what might that have remind you of and feel free to change names of humans <laughs> to, to not uh to protect the innocent <laughs> oh child okay so i think my space was probably um <laughs> let's call my space janet janet is the <laughs> janet is the friend that you had when you worked at like your fifth job, you also knew a Janet at your first job. You knew a Janet in 10th grade. Like it's the friend that like, you know, you have fun. It's good. It's enjoyable. And they kind of a dime a dozen. And that Mm. sounds terrible, but it's like, there's nothing unique about them. There's nothing that is like, Oh my gosh, we have such great conversation. They're fun. They're reliable, you know, but meh, it's just okay. And so when I have known that individual, I enjoy their company. I like having them around, but it's that friend that like, and I'm thinking of one person in particular, but again, protect the innocent. Um, (laughs) They never stay around. Like they're around and you don't really know why you're not friends anymore. Nothing happened. You're just not. Or, you know, nothing was really exciting. So there's no like pointed memories that stick around for them. It was fun while it lasted, but you also can't really pinpoint any specifics on it. Kind of nebulous. Just what it was. Mm. And I've, I've had a couple of them. Okay. Great. I'll probably have a whole bunch more. <laughs> it is what it is. My MySpace experience was different. Actually, as I think back on it now, I think towards the end of my MySpace experience, mm-hmm. um, it was more like what I'll call Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Mike. Mike is the guy that sees the public you, in my case. Uh, the images that I was creating as a part of a modeling career, um, and things like that. And yeah, I was also sharing my musical taste. And because <laughs> I feel like everybody figured out how to hack the code and have a player on there before it was like, yep, officially embedded. Yep. <laughs> so you're seeing my pictures, you're seeing my musical taste, or in Mike's in person case, you know, you're, you're seeing me around, you're intrigued, you think I'm attractive. You want to get to know me, Mike wants to get to know me. But Mike doesn't really want to get to know me. Mike just wants to comment on how I look and take me to the company party and parade me around in front of all his coworkers. So they think he the man for getting that. Mike <laughs> likes your archetype. He likes your like, what is that? What is that? Your, um, oh gosh, what is the word for that? Your avatar. He likes your avatar. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I feel like <laughs> MySpace was that place, right? You Ill posted Mike. some pictures. Ill Mike. You know, people like see it. you. They want to feel like they're friends with you by, I guess it was a friend request on there. I don't even remember. It was so long ago. 
I don't remember but, how they did it, but yes, it was like, why? I don't want, I don't know why I'm friending you. I don't know why you're asking to be my friend. It you're just doing it. Like right. we're not actually ever going to be friends. You're no. just partaking and in, in my case, observing <laughs> what's posted here. Yes. Um, and maybe commenting here or there, but there's really yes. no conversation. Nope. And the archetype of of a mic. Everybody knows a mic. Whatever Mike's name is for you, Mike is somebody that doesn't actually contribute to a relationship because they're not actually in a relationship with you. They're in a relationship with the person they want you to be, the person they think you are, the person they have plotted you out to be in their mind to fulfill this this kind of role. And so a relationship in in any way, any type of dynamic with someone that isn't actually with the real you is going to be troublesome no matter what. Because at some point, the facade has to drop. Right. It's unhealthy. And also like, you know, that relationship with MySpace. And I think a lot of social media platforms, I'll say for me, I have to look at my role of like, was I, was I saying anything? <laughs> Well, you know, teenage India was not saying anything. She's just posting pictures. Right. So what is there to get to know? <laughs> well, there's that. And, and, and honestly, what that brings up is for me, and I think this goes across any social media platform, some people don't truly showcase themselves, um, words, images, um, or the statements that they use, because maybe they're afraid to be accepted or rejected. Or maybe this is their opportunity to reinvent themselves and to be whatever they want to be in that moment. So maybe they're seeking that anonymity. But I don't think that there's that much forethought put into it. No, I, I'll say for me, it was honestly, I, did, I didn't see anybody else saying anything. So I'm like, well, I guess people don't do that here. <laughs> it was just regurgitating stuff. Let me repost stuff and try to show you how unique I am with other people's um, unique content. Like that's That's it. That's it. All right. Fast forward to one of the longest, dare I say, still active. We haven't we haven't deactivated this account for either of us. <sighs> oh no. <laughs> getting what itchy. Is, I just got itchy as soon as I said it wasn't deactivated. <laughs> I'm itchy. I'm like, I'm literally I'm itching my leg. I'm itching my nose. I'm like, oh my god, I'm literally itchy. Oh my gosh. What is your relationship like with your personal Facebook page. <sighs> Again, not protect- your public page, your yeah. actual personal profile. Protecting the innocent again. Facebook is a dysfunctional parent. I know you've been around since day one. I know you say you care about me. I don't love you like that because I can't love you like that because you don't know me like that. You bring your drama. You make me feel bad about myself. And I'm not supposed to give you this kind of power over me. However, I come in here thinking that we're going to have a good relationship today. And somehow or another, it goes left and it all goes wrong. And I feel awful and I have to run. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to. I don't want to do this anymore. I have to estrange myself from you. Like literally it, it. And again, I, I, I think 
I have I have my own truth here, and I think everybody can understand what it is when you have this person that you're supposed to have certain feelings for, and you're like, this feels terrible. I think it's going to be better. I give you an opportunity, and every time I come in here, I leave feeling like trash. I don't want to be here. But then if I leave, then people, well, what about your Facebook? What about your mom? What about your dad? I mean, you but that, to them? that's your sibling. That's your <gasps> sister. That's your <gasps> brother. No, I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> Can't. No, no, because it feels obligatory. And that that like forced obligation only reinforces how you really feel about it and how much if this person was not related to you, I'm going to be frank here. You wouldn't fuck with them. Uh, you wouldn't. If there was not a reason for people to feel as though they had to have a Facebook, even the whole like, are you going to log in using your Facebook? You can't get rid of it because then you can't log in to stuff. People wouldn't have it. There's some people that like it, but it's dysfunctional. It is so dysfunctional. It Thank is- you for addressing the obligation piece. Because I think it's important to not just call out what these relationships are like, but like to look at tangibly how did it get here potentially as well as like why are we still in the relationship? And yes. for many of us, my hand raised, my personal Facebook account still exists almost 100% because I have not made the time to figure out how do I change so many things that I have set to log in through Facebook that I never created an email address and password login for. Or some things like Spotify, once you log in with it, you can't unlock, you can't take it apart. Yeah. Spotify, if, if anybody working for Spotify is listening, I beg of you, please change that. <laughs> I wanted to change my account for like three years. Please change that. See? <laughs> and, and and that's that's why it's so dysfunctional. It's that it's that whole I can't quit you. I want to, and I can't. I can't. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it with the 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 dysfunctional parent. Cause it's like, I mean, having had <laughs> a dysfunctional parent in full transparency. Mm. Um <laughs> even when you think you quit it like family brings them up so yep yep ah <laughs> uh, all right i don't think we can have this conversation without addressing instagram oh instagram okay i had to take a deep breath before i said that because for me it's very like i loved you what happened yes Okay, so I had a friend way back in the day. I'm going to call her Tina. Tina, not her name, because I'm not going to say her name. She was fun. She was easy to talk with. I, you know, enjoyed her. Like, we had some friends in common. She had a boyfriend at one point, and then, like, we do stuff with him and then his friends or his family. And so, like, it, it would end up being, like, a group of folks. I remember one time, like, we had gone out of town and done, like, I think it was like Six Flags or something, and had fun. However, she was also my fun but messy friend. Tina was the friend that I had to drag out the club drunk and fight off the vultures. 
Tina was the friend that I had to drive home because she could not get her own self home, which which I knew ahead of time, which is why I would take her keys. And next morning, how'd I get home? Me. Because I wanted to make it home. Tina would have, like, she was fun. She was relaxed and would be funny. However, Tina be messy. I dated Tina. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm trying to stop laughing. I can't help it. <laughs> I, I wish I didn't have to say that, but it's true. I think I dated Tina. A little too long. Oh, Tina. Past, past the point that it was fun and Tina was drunk. And, See? Mm. Oh, God. And so the reality is, is that there are times when I personally will log into Instagram and it's fun and it's funny. And then next thing I know, the rabbit hole happens and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. No, this cannot be a thing. Why is this happening? Why am I the responsible person right now? No. No, why, Tina? <laughs> and so, it's like there are times when I like hanging out with Tina, but I have learned that I have to limit my time with Tina because Tina will have me having to do things that I feel like I am way too grown to have to do at this point. Not because I'm beyond having fun, but Tina, I can't be taking you out the club drunk. Come on, Tina, don't be this person. Don't still be this person. We too old for this. We too grown. Please don't. And Tina, don't ever learn her lesson. Tina, keep doing the same stuff. Mm. And it is it is somebody that you can possibly have in your life, but you have to be real about what's happening with that. You have to be real about how you feel when Tina's around. You have to be real when you see Tina's name pop up on your phone. That notification, ooh, how do I feel right now? What did that do? How did my sympathetic nervous system respond when I saw Tina's name pop up? I need to know. Well, be- and I'm also hearing when you said like know what it is and how like you won't hang out to the point of dragging Tina out the club drunk that you have to have healthy boundaries with a relationship like that with social media. If that's where you're at, if that's what the relationship feels like at this point, because let's also acknowledge that the, the, where the relationship is and who that relationship feels like it's with can change over time. But what are those boundaries? How do you, how do you decide at what point is the cutoff so that you are not getting to the point where you are having to drag her out to club drunk? And I think it's important to acknowledge that Tina is a, is a, is a person and Tina actually might mean well. Tina can sometimes be great, but you also have to understand that Tina is Tina. And so don't expect something from Tina that Tina is not going to be able to deliver know who she is and know that this person might be great right now, but you have shown me time and time again who you really are. And I have to trust that and take you at your word. And I have to create those boundaries to know that I'm not going to get dragged in and be pissed up and flared off because I let you put me here again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Responsibility has to come up. Yeah, one of the things that comes up for me as you as you say this is like reflecting back on why Tina was fun for me a long time ago. And that was because like I was an early user of Instagram. 
back when you couldn't post pictures that were like previously taken at all. You had to take your pictures in the app. And the whole that was the whole point, right? Is you were using Instagram almost like a camera app that had these really cool filters and had the added benefit of being able to have other people see your photography work. And as a person who majored in art and design and took a shitload of photography classes in school as part of undergrad, I love taking pictures. And so it just seemed like a natural extension of my identity at the time as a photographer to work on my candid snapshot in the moment capturing shit, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. It was fun. It was easy as somebody who doesn't like writing, I didn't feel obligated to put a caption beyond maybe a date and location of where I was at. I mean, that was it. It was fun. People comment, oh, great photo. Or, you know, uh, what settings did you use on the phone? Well, but you and know what? Tina changed the rules. Uh, but see, this is where I want to acknowledge something. <clears throat> Tina was somebody that I went to high school with. So what you're acknowledging in the beginning was the Tina I knew in high school. Okay. The rules changed when we graduated from high school and it was like, oh, I can drink. Right. I got a car. We can go freely. I don't live at home anymore. It was like, oh, shit. This is going downhill quick. That was I'll say as an early adopter and user of Instagram, Mm -hmm. that all changed when you no longer had to create your images in the app. And um, they were moving towards being a social network where you could upload images that I don't think, I don't know if they realized that at the time. That's a good question <laughs> to look back into the history of Instagram and some of their interviews. But right. um, once you began to be able to upload things that were previously taken from your phone, you still had to use a phone. There was still no way that you could do anything from a computer mm-hmm. that allowed people to start to share their best instead of the real the curation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's one thing to see photographers and artists sharing their best, even though I still think that they should share their messy mistakes too. It's another to then have those platform change from very like artistic photo centered to now it's social media. Some of it, some people going to call it artistic, but... Well, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I'm let that be unsaid, but I think y'all know where I'm going. That I don't think we can have this conversation without, I mean, we could go on, right? There's, there's Tumblr, there's Twitter. So, but, okay. But let me acknowledge, and I thought about this, okay? Y'all, I, I went down a rabbit hole, y'all. The Tumblr and the Discord and the Clubhouse that's them high school friends and them cousins that you really not close with. You don't remember people's names. You don't really know nothing about them because there's nothing remarkable about them. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they pop up all the time. They come and go. Nah. <laughs> nah. I it's, didn't think Snapchat would be in that category for me, but I right. love Snapchat, but yeah. Like it was, I mean, and it's not the same as, you know, like the MySpace. These are the ones that like, they're just, you don't even remember their names because again, these are like, you know, it's the work friend, the person you used to go get lunch with at that one place that don't exist no more because gentrification happened. Like, it's just, it's how many people in your life do you not remember their names? 
they were like nothing bad, but you don't you don't remember them because we meet so many people in our lives and for a lot of us. And then you outgrow things, you outgrow yes. people, and that's that's normal. Um, right. But there's Sorry, one y'all. that stands out to me that's been around for a long time. Oh boy, a long time, maybe as long as MySpace for me, and mm-hmm. probably you too. Mm-hmm. And it didn't go away. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this episode is getting long, but I don't think we could have this episode without saying LinkedIn. No, no. And I want to acknowledge, I want to, I want to say this off to the side. So I don't not acknowledge this. I thought about Twitter. Twitter is the friend with no filter. You need them sometimes. However, they ain't got no damn filter. <laughs> sometimes you need no filter, but they just, they, they the friend with no filter. Like just had to throw that in there. <laughs> So I did think about LinkedIn. LinkedIn um, reminds me of like the auntie or the older cousin. Um, Like I had one that was like probably almost 20 years older than me. Let's call her Dawn. Dawn is like the auntie. Dawnty is, uh, you know, Dawn is grown, established, doing her own thing. You know, she got real good information to give you, stuff to share with you. Dawn can be a little stuffy though, because you'd be like, Dawn, you kind of old and like you like 25 years older than me. We're not on the same wavelength. I'm trying to twerk. You looking at me like, what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but Dawn be but Dawn be spitting real shit. Dawn be trying to put you on your money. Dawn be trying to get you in and like get your network right. She be trying to get you talking to the right people that's gonna that's gonna help you. That's gonna help you play the long game. And it all depends on whether or not you can listen to Dawn. Can you hear Dawn in this moment? Can you actually take in the content Dawn is trying to get you to get? Dawn is giving you something substantial and something with a foundation. Dawn has proven herself. Like, again, she owned her house. She got her car. She liked to travel. She got money in the bank. She know a little something about a, a lot of things. And she's willing to share it. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not you're willing to be shared with in that moment. You know, it's, I love, I love the relationship you just laid out there. And I can totally relate to LinkedIn being that. I feel like I preach LinkedIn, preach LinkedIn, preach LinkedIn. And people are like, oh, this shit's boring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell you, Erica, you're on to something. You might not get as much action and attention on LinkedIn, but people are in the mindset there to talk business. When Don is introducing you to people, Don is introducing you as an opportunity, bringing and and sharing your credentials and your credibility markers when they introduce you. Not yes. yo, she good at twerking, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Dawn is trying to get you that meeting with this person in the daylight with some good quality coffee where y'all can talk about some coins. Right. And that same person might be interested in the twerking. But right. because the energy that Dawn brings, that ain't even on their mind. They thinking, how can we how can we do some incredible shit together? Then we can twerk later. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. But let's start here. Because I don't know if I want to twerk with you. I might not be able to trust you. I don't want my stuff to end up. I don't want my stuff to end up with Tina. Tina going to get my stuff. Can I, can I trust you? <laughs> Tina not going to get my stuff. 
<laughs> I can't. Just saying. <laughs> well, and we only have but so much time in a day, right? So just being transparent with the listeners, like I've been spending more time on LinkedIn because it's a different energy there. Uh, and people are thinking about opportunities and collaboration and making cool shit happen on LinkedIn. Their mind might not be there in the same way on Instagram. And I think it's worthwhile to understand that all of these people that we've talked about that represents these social media platforms, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you're not auntie yet. Maybe you're not auntie Dawn today, but maybe you on your auntie Dawn shit tomorrow and you decide to show up as auntie Dawn. And tomorrow night you feel like being Tina, but then the next morning you get up and you feel like, you know what? I think I'm, I need to be Dawn again. That's okay too. And I'll say that any of these platforms have the potential to move in and out of any of these relationship right. profiles. However, Erica and I have both personally found that the relationship profiles mentioned tend to be the default for us on yes. these platforms. Correct. Um, and I think that there's there's like some tangible pieces that come in here. So I don't want to make this episode too long, but I'm just wondering for you, as you lay out these relationship dynamics, a big part of what you do as a coach is asking questions and allowing those questions to guide people into what changes and shifts they want to make to live a happier life. So if somebody's finding themselves in relationships that are not Don-like, but maybe want to be there, you know, what would you say to them or what would you ask them to ask themselves? I'd like you to ask yourself, what relationships do you feel called to engage in now and why? What relationships do you not feel as interested in or comfortable in and why? And I think when you ask, there's the interest and then there's the comfort. The interest might gauge whether or not you think it's boring or not. The comfort may push up against whether or not you think this is possible for you. It may kick up some not enoughness, but let's kind of peel that back. And I think it's also worthwhile to think about, you know, if there was an archetype that you wanted to embody more of personally, which one is that? And think about that when you choose to spend your time somewhere. Right. Because these things are not permanent. We have the ability to do things and think things and all the above to create some shifts. Absolutely. And it's worthwhile to also give yourself the the space and the grace to understand that none of the answers that you would have to these questions are static. This is just right now. This is the season that you're in this moment. That can change. Give yourself the ability for these things to ebb and flow in a way that feels good for what you want for yourself. So, so powerful. I feel like like you just wrapped the episode right there, but I got to ask, is there anything else you want to add? <laughs> I, I would really like for everyone to ask yourself those questions seriously, to kind of give yourself those check-ins periodically, because we have been now, you know, quite a ways into this global pandemic. And I think that not thinking sometimes feels more comfortable. But I think it's worthwhile to question, you know, whether or not you've been putting yourself on autopilot. And is that what you want to continue to do? 
So allow yourself some time to dig a little deeper to kind of reflect. And for those of you, you, if you like your crystals, you like your tarot cards, pull out your specific tools that help you to dig into your own introspection and go on a little bit of journey for you for a little bit. Mm. Well, speaking of journeys, you take people on some incredible journeys and conversations that help them to reconsider what is normal and to really just open their minds and hearts to new ideas, new ways of thinking, being, doing, living, all the above. Um, I would love for you to share a little bit about what flaunting your fire over at the Pause and the Play podcast is looking like right now and what can someone expect to hear if they were to tune in? <laughs> the beautiful thing right now that has shown up for me is I really want to remind people with what I do in the community as well as when I come onto the podcast as the host of Pause on the Play that I have thoughts and concepts and context that I have have uncovered in my daily life and the work that I do. And I want to share it and I want to continue sharing how that's evolved. One of the recent things for me has been a concept that I've talked about since the inception of Pause on the Play, which was, you know, my take on imposter syndrome and being able to bring that back and really share how that's evolved and what I think it really is and how it's showing up for people and how it's different than everyone is told. It's a way of me being able to flaunt my fire because people trust me. People want to hear what I have to say. And that's a gift. And I don't take it lightly that you want me to share this with you. You want to rethink and reconsider your normal with, with the prompts that I'm bringing. And so the ability to be able to be like, look, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. I want you to think about this. And to know that people are actually doing that that's a powerful thing. And it absolutely brings to mind, you know, the mental image of the Phoenix because like mm. my fire burns bright and I want to be able to share that with anyone that feels as though their embers are going out or they need a little extra light to see to reignite their own flame. And I am blessed enough to be able to do that. Ah, so, so powerful. Oh my gosh. If you have it in your ability right now, I am going to request of you to open up your podcast app that you're listening from and do a very quick search for pause on the play and give it a follow. Erica brings so many juicy conversations there. And I know that one of the things that comes up when we are looking at being visible and can kind of <laughs> find its little way into the moment we're going to like step out and say something that we've never said before is imposter syndrome. And you'll want to hear Erica's take on imposter syndrome. She's brought it up multiple times and in multiple ways on the podcast. So head over there, give it a follow, check out those episodes, and I can guarantee you'll want to listen to even more. This episode of Flaunt Your Fire is brought to you by Pause on the Play. You can learn more about Eric and I's community, Pause on the Play, the community, its workshops, and its podcast 
by visiting pauseontheplay.com. Again, that's pauseontheplay.com. And this Want Your Fire podcast is recorded on the stolen land of my brother's ancestors, the Piscataway people. This land is known by many as the capital of the United States, Washington, D.C., and its surrounding areas. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?